Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope that you're having a wonderful day. I had a pretty good day, energy wise. Outside, the sky was super, super gray, like dark, dark gray. Um, Eeyore gray, I called it, because it was kind of slightly bluish, but very dark gray for hours then it lightened up and we had some beautiful fluffy clouds and they took the forms of dragons i saw two or three dragons very clear one cloud was enormous like the dragon was huge so i don't know the clouds here are very weird and interesting and other people can see it and it's not just me making stuff up other people look at it and go yeah that looks like a dragon very weird very cool anyway um So it was very interesting. And I thought I feel energetically better than usual. And I wanted to know why. And I looked at the Schumann resonance and the Schumann resonance today is, it was incredible what happened. So I can't wait to tell you, I'm going to read the direct notes from the scientist reading the Schumann resonance at 8 AM UTC time. They reported New powerful activity now underway. Started with a steady increase at 00 UTC this morning with peaks at 40 hertz, 55 and 65 hertz to culminate with a strong peak at 89 hertz just before 8 UTC. And then the next one they said is the strong activity is continuing after the peak at 89 hertz well it actually says 69 hertz so i think maybe it went 89 down to 69 so 69 was at 747 utc the amplitude of the resonance frequency has slightly decreased but has practically remained almost always on the 50 hertz threshold which is that was reported at 12 so about for four hours we had 50 hertz now it says at 17 UTC time from 1130 UTC, the gradual decrease of the activity began and then it reached normal values at 1230. So that was it though, but that's, that's a lot of activity today. I think that might be why I feel great energetically today. So yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to mention something. Uh, I've had three people congratulate me on my magazine writing job. Total BS. It was a story I made up for, for April Fool's Day. Uh, the Weekly World News is a, is a uh, newspaper that stopped in 2006 
The newspaper itself was real, but none of the stories inside the newspaper were real. But they would, they would, you know, put some real stuff in there so that it all seemed very, very real to have people scratching their heads and questioning, you know, so like they would say, here are the benefits of apple cider vinegar and they would be real, you know, and then they might throw in something about it increases your psychic activity, you know, and it'd be something BS. They don't know if it does or not, but they would also throw in stories of Bill Clinton, uh, took a ride in a UFO, you know, and learned about the cosmos last night, you know, just BS stuff. So in, in keeping with that kind of a tradition, that's what all my stories were about that I made up in the beginning part of the April fool's episode. But three people now have congratulated me on my job. That just doesn't exist. That magazine doesn't exist and it never will. The weekly world news doesn't exist any longer. Although you could go look up. They have a few videos on um, YouTube that like news clippings and different things that they did. Um, they made um, the salt mines of West Virginia or salt caves very famous because they made up a story about a bat boy, which I think honestly was a normal boy just photoshopped. And they kept saying that bat boy, he came up here and he went over there and he's bat boy, you know, and they needed to create a myth to get more people into the salt caves and just like Loch Ness and the Loch Ness, uh, and then, you know, well, the Loch Ness, the Ness Lake over in Scotland you know, just when you have a, a monster <laughs> or an anomaly or a creature, you know, then you can become famous for the weirdness and the paranormal supernatural activity there. <laughs> and you sell more tickets and you get more tourism and you help the economy locally, right? Not saying that I don't believe in, you know, the Loch Ness monster. I believe there really is a, I think it's a plesiosaur there. I really believe it. That lake is huge. It's very deep. And speaking of lakes, today's episode, my throwback Thursday episode is going to be about Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. I'm going to warn you though, that the sound quality was lower than the rest of this recording. So you're going to want to increase the volume during that interview. And then at the end, when I say, I hope you have a great week, immediately turn the volume down because I want to blow out your eardrums. So I'm giving you a warning now. Uh, you know, it's just the sound quality was low. And the part where I'm talking to my oldest child uh, that part is very low because her voice was so small. She was only 12 years old, maybe 13 at the time of that recording. Yeah. Cause it was 2013. She's born in 2000. So she was only 2000. She's only, she's only 2000 years old. She's only, <laughs> her soul is probably 200,000 years old. She's a very wise, very old soul. But anyway, both my kids grew up watching and learning about anthropology, archaeology. We read from books of new discoveries. They grew up on Michael Cremo and Forbidden Archaeology. They have seen a lot. They knew a lot. Both my kids are very knowledgeable in things like ancient um, pottery 
And um, so it was just interesting what what we talk about the pottery. And I, I wish you could hear Alicia's voice more. Alicia, we called her Alicia because everyone in Guatemala called her Alicia, but her name was her nickname was Alice, and that was just from her name Alexandria. And now she's uh, my transgender son. So when I talk about her in the past, I say she or her. When I talk about her now, I'll say he or him because that's how he now identifies. So sorry about the confusion. If you're like, wait a minute, I thought you had two sons. I do. I do now. Back then I had a daughter and a son. So (laughs) I keep it straight, but uh, you know, you don't, so you don't have to, but anyway, it's how that is. But Alicia um, is extremely intelligent, as you'll notice, you'll discover. And had Alice had a lot of um, a lot to say about the pottery. It's a passion of of uh, both of my kids, my my whole family. It was like our passion to look into ancient cultures. It's just anthropology is super interesting. So we will talk about that a little bit later, um, or. I did talk about it six years ago, but <clears throat> that is my throwback Thursday episode is about the stuff that you'll find in the lake, Atitlan. Now, so the sound quality, the first note, turn it up. Second note is that, um, this is before I heard of the darker, more macabre mysteries of the lake. there was um, some really weird stuff that I witnessed when I was there and some very, very, very weird stories that I heard from a lot of locals. And I thought maybe they're trying to do, you know, the whole weird thing of the Loch Ness Monster or Bat Boy. But I kept hearing these stories from all over Guatemala, not just you know, the five or six people spreading the rumor at the lake. It was more like everybody in Guatemala knows this stuff. And they're kind of scared about some of the stuff that happened there. You know, and throughout actual Guatemala, like even in Antigua, there was a chupacabra there. My kids saw it. I didn't see it, but I felt it. And at that time, it was like, ugh, I'm going to have to do another, I'm going to have to do a macabre mysteries of Guatemala because that was I mean it was like really true it was really there (laughs) and the whole energy shifted it was like to an energy of absolute fear and dread like to the point where everyone shut off all of their lights and they hid in their houses for like three days it was terrifying and no one talked about it afterwards but my kids saw it and a lot of animals went missing. So I'll talk about that later. I'll tell the whole story um, later about that. But um, in this episode, it was like I had just started to learn some of the mysteries of the lake. And I was just like, all right, there's some weird stuff going on here. So, but I tell a really amazing story that you will find in Jernvalo McKelzadek's book. But I was checking up on his story and it turns out to be true. So, in the ancient secret of the flower of life, I think it's what it's called. Anyway, so, those are some notes about the upcoming Throwback Thursday episode, which is 21 minutes long, because back then my show was only a 30-minute show. 
and I had one more other note about my April Fool's episode. It's like this is coming back to haunt me again and again now. <laughs> uh, the other thing about my April Fool's episode, and this is so strange, is that I reported that Elon Musk is going to have people build mud huts and they have to build their own. And you know how you build mud huts is with bare feet, but he didn't want them to get foot fungus. So he's going to spend a thousand dollars a pair for custom made rubber socks in Hong Kong in a factory there and custom made to everyone's feet. So they fit perfect, blah, blah. It's all BS. I made up the whole freaking thing. You know, in case they don't get, they don't want to get Martian foot fungus. Well, guess what? I had no idea that four days before I made up this fungus on Mars story that literally the... Mars rover sent back an image and NASA released it to the public four days before. Dude, there's really fungus on Mars for real. All we knew about before was there's microbial life there and water in the form of ice, frozen water. Those are the only two things we thought about. We didn't think there were larger, there was larger life on Mars than that. But it turns out, I think I was tapping into the collective unconscious because, oh my God, there's fungus on Mars. They're mushrooms, Martian mushrooms. Oh my God. I hope they're magical Martian mushrooms. Can you imagine the high from that? The hallucinations would be incredible. Okay. I know what Elon Musk is going to be doing if he's, when he gets up there. Oh my God. Do you think he's going to test them? Do you think he would taste them? Oh my God. Oh, maybe he would have a Royal tester. He'll be the King of Mars. He's going to have to have a Royal taste tester. Hey, take this mushroom report. What happens (laughs) if he dies? Nobody else touched the mushroom. I decree a law. (laughs) Here we have a horn. I decree a law. No one is to eat those mushrooms because Harry over there, he died. Okay. I don't know. Is that what's going to happen on Mars? Oh my God. Like, I kind of want to watch it like a reality TV series. You know, I hope to God they can do that because I want to know what's going to go on with those colonists when they get there. But I don't want to go. But I would pay top dollar for a magic mushroom from Mars, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh my god I can't believe I tapped into it yes there's fungus on Mars it is mushrooms I mean I don't know do you think you're gonna they're gonna get there and there's gonna be like rabid dogs or something like it's gonna be these insane creatures that come out of the woodworks and just you know attack everybody oh my god there could be some more I don't want to go I want to know but I don't want to go we have so much already to contend with and deal with on this planet so many things could go wrong so many things are scary why would you want to go to a completely what looks like an uninhabitable world you know except for apparently mushrooms and amoeba I mean the water is frozen I mean you know (laughs) You know, remember in Elton John's song, uh, they say Mars ain't no place to raise your kids. 
In fact, it's cold as hell. See, I love that line because that means that it's cold like hell. Hell is on fire, so it could be super hot. Or it's literally cold, super cold. I love that line in that song because nobody knew at that time what the temperature of Mars was. Now I think they do. I'm sure they've mapped the whole surface and took the temperature. They could do it now. They've got equipment. They could, you could test the, the, the temperature of a, of a star. You know, they've got equipment they could tell now. But when Elton John wrote that song, they probably didn't even have that technology. So I'm like, ah, oh, I love that. Elton John is so freaking brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> woohoo, plug for Elton John. I'll get my paycheck later. Just kidding. Like he even would ever know about my podcast. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this Throwback Thursday episode. And you'll get to hear it after this message. Welcome back. This week I have a special treat for you. I will be talking to you from the lakeside at Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. I am looking out over the water right now. It's a beautiful clear morning where the sun is shining down on very, very green lush hills and the boats out on the water. The occasional sounds you will hear are the birds dancing on the tin roofs. And that is the sound of a speedboat in the background right now. People playing music, guitar, talking from Hostel Rolando. We are up on the side of a hill and on the third floor. It's a beautiful, beautiful view. Today I wanted to discuss the mysteries of Lake Atitlan, and I'm probably not going to cover them all because I do not know them all. (laughs) But this is an enormous lake, and along all of her shores you will find 28 Mayan villages, and each village speaks a different dialect of Mayan. They call it Majan. Some of these villages actually speak Spanish, but it's very rare to find here. It's hard to um, communicate with these people and they cannot communicate with each other. So that is one mystery of Lake Atitlan. Another mystery of Lake Atitlan is easily found at the Panahachel Archaeological Museum, the Archaeology Museum at Panahachel. And this is, it is a very interesting place because when you first pay your money to get into the museum, which was negotiable, is in this culture to negotiate everything is a negotiable price. So, <laughs> by the way, um, 
when you go into this museum, they at first they're showing you pottery that they found inside the lake. And they say, we have no idea why this was dumped in the lake. And they're, they're very, very beautiful designs. And I'm going to try to put some of the some of the photographs that I have taken. I will try to put up some of the photographs that I have taken of this pottery. Um, there are equal armed crosses, Knights Templar symbols. Um, I want to say it was Minoan influences. We've seen some Roman influences. What else? What other influences? This is my daughter, Alicia. She's been here with me this whole weekend. What other influences in the pottery did we see? We have found some pieces that don't look like they came from Morocco. I'll tell you that much. Morocco. That's right. So. Only the Middle East could have that style. And yet it's here. It's totally a mystery. So, <laughs> so there were well, there was at least one bowl that had a hole in it, and we thought that it might be similar to the pottery that was found at all the burial sites in the Incan Empire in Peru, because the people basically it's. <laughs> it's, I think it's kind of a funny insurance policy where I know after I die someone isn't going to play with my vase because there will be a hole in it and they can't use it anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like don't touch my stuff after I'm dead. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit more ceremonial than that, but that's pretty much what it is. They they would um, put a hole in the vase and because that belonging belonged to that person. Also, it releases the soul from having to come back to protect its favorite stuff in Peruvian society. But in, in Lake Atitlan, they didn't have these kinds of ceremonies, and there were no bodies, no bones of humans found in the lake, just pottery. And some of the pieces were like four or five feet tall. I mean, enormous pottery. Most of these were incensarios, vases for incense. So. I agree. It's very mysterious, isn't it? Yeah. So we were able to take pictures of a lot of this pottery, and then um, the lady said, okay, we need to take your shoes off. And we were like, what? And we thought we were being kicked out of the museum. <laughs> and we were like, oh, wow, we didn't realize you had to take your shoes off in this museum. And she says, no, por otro. We're like, what? There was a secret hidden part of the museum that nobody knows about until you get in. And they make you take your shoes off. 
And when you walk in to the second part, they tell you a really interesting story that there is a lake city. <laughs> There's literally a city underneath the lake. They found walls that look like Bimini Road off the coast of, uh, I want to say Belize, in the Caribbean. It was very similar to this. And they found a lot of pottery. But now this pottery, even though the other pottery had been dumped in the lake and was a nice colors of sand and black and white and slightly rust color, this other pottery in this one particular spot within the confines of the wall, I believe, around the surrounding areas of the wall, the pottery turned purple and pink where it was exposed to the lake water. And the colors are so mysterious and so incredibly beautiful that, and they're very delicate because it's so ancient that if you take a photograph of it, it will destroy the pigmentation and it could destroy the actual pottery itself. So no photographs are allowed. You have to take your shoes off. It's very dark with very minimal lighting. But when you walk in, you look down and it looks like you're walking on the bottom of the lake. When you look at the side walls, you see the pictures of the divers, actual diving team, the archeological expedition, the people who went and mapped out the whole site. And you also see um, pictures of the walls that they found. Now, what was more interesting to me was that when we saw the influences in this pottery, it was completely different, completely different than any other Mayan um, artifact that was discovered. All the things that were like 1700 years BCE. And what else did, what were the influences we found, Alicia? some from Africa, the Dogon tribe, and that is very strange because it depicted a story in which the same story of the lake, the Titlan, happened there, but it depicted it on this pottery, and they found it in a lake in Guatemala. And yeah, let me let me relay this story now because this this is where it gets really, really wild. <laughs> This is the part where if Art Bell was doing this show, he would say, Wanna dig a ride? <laughs> In the story, this is how it goes. I asked the lady in Spanish to make sure I got it right, and she absolutely said, Yes, this happened. Okay, this is the story extraterrestrials came down in a spacecraft and landed in the middle of Lake Atitlan. The bottom of the craft opened up, a light came out, and in that beam of light came some beings. They like dropped out of the spacecraft onto the surface of the lake and into the water. And they were swimming around because they were dolphins. And they then 
came up towards the shore and saw that the people on the shore had legs and somehow they grew legs they came out onto the shore and had a cultural exchange if you will with these people now this is a very strange story why would primitive people have any stories at all of ufos or extraterrestrials if they didn't exist it makes no sense that they wouldn't exist but if you think well maybe it's a mass hallucination after all we are surrounded by five volcanoes on this lake the magnetic pulses from this lake have got to be absolutely incredible when people come to Lake Atitlan they lose all sense of time see you know when it seems like it's three or four in the afternoon and it's really only noon and you can lose days here I even met a man here said he came for one day and he's living here 23 years later because of the peaceful qualities of this lake and the magnetism of this place is also off the charts we were talking to a local Mayan man who swims in this lake every day and he says he gets good energy from it but he said if you dive too far deep it's so powerful that your head will explode because of the magnetism in the lake now this is not an extremely deep lake the deepest part is only 200 feet and the majority of the lake is less than 100 feet deep so that's another mystery but the most incredible mysterious thing about this story of the extraterrestrials is that this exact story is repeated in the Dogon tribe in Africa where the extraterrestrials came from the sky they landed in their lake they came out as dolphins they saw the people on the shore and walked out with legs and then they had a cultural exchange and the Dogon tribe asked them where are you from and they said you know they pointed to the sky and they said we want to know exactly where you're from you know <laughs> they weren't going to take that for an answer and so they made them write down all of their star charts to show where exactly in the sky that they were from where up in outer space and I think that was really smart on the part of the Dogon chief because these star charts turned out to be absolutely accurate 2,000 years later or however long later and, and how is that even possible with no telescopes science was just getting started as a field on the planet at that time it's completely a mystery and yet when the extraterrestrials came here to Lake Atitlan, Lago Atitlan, um, they brought a piece of pottery from the Dogon tribe, it would appear. Or at least they brought their designs, and the Mayan people recreated these designs. This was repeated again in Peru, Lake Titicaca. And I have a feeling, a sneaking suspicion, 
this might have happened in other places. You know, that I don't know. That is a really good question. They haven't found any crystal skulls, as far as I know, in this lake. But that is another mystery. The, the crystal skulls is a whole nother thing where they found perfectly carved. Um, it, they look like they're almost machined before the time in which there were machines. And they have mysterious powers. So there's a lot of mysteries in Central and South America. And the Lake Atitlan one is just... It's just one of the most incredible stories. I mean, there are people that will tell you that what happened was the lake wasn't very deep at one point in time, and there was a little village in the middle. And then so much rain happened that the lake filled up all the way, and there goes there goes the village. They had to swim to the shore and give it up. And then there are other people that will tell you you know, there's actually uh, people living down there now. We just can't see them. <laughs> or they use the magnetic forces to clear the air and breathe somehow. You know, you hear some pretty wild things and you don't know, you know, what to believe if you were going to go off the deep end and, <laughs> and believe some of the stranger stories. So it seems to me more like more than likely, perhaps the city was built, the water rose, they swam to shore. That's why there were no bodies found. They all survived. Maybe perhaps that part of the lake sank. I haven't heard that um, from a scientific explanation, but you know, it's an area of volcanic activity. There are five volcanoes. I don't know that they're all active, but I know that many of them are definitely active. And many, many years ago, another weird thing happened mysterious here. Um, it was very tragic. They, um, it was a hurricane off the coast. And we're hours inland, so it's very strange. But on the east coast there was a hurricane that just sat there and sat there and sat there and it created a really bad rainy season the worst that they'd ever had in Guatemala and it rained over the whole lake but one of the villages in particular got more rain and the entire mountainside collapsed and there were about five or seven remaining remaining villagers from that village. It literally wiped out an entire culture. Because every single village, even though they're similar, they have their own style of talking and their own style of art, weaving. They have their own stories. And they're all different. So why would the one village be wiped out and not the others? What was in the rock formations there and that part, you know, the whole lake was formed from the same exact material and yet that one little part was weaker than the rest and 
collapsed and wiped out an entire village. It was very sad. And there's only about five or seven people left. And I don't know if they were able to rescue or save any of the art or any of the woven fabrics, which is what Guatemalan is known the world over for, the beautiful, colorful woven fabrics. But that is just one other mystery, mystery, mysterious thing. Um, I have to say the peace of this place is overwhelming. Everyone that comes here, the, the two words out of everyone's mouth is muy tranquilo. Es muy tranquilo aquí. Is very tranquil here. And people are very peaceful here. From a spiritual standpoint, we, you know, as far as the groups here in San Pedro, we have everybody. We've got the people who do yoga, the metaphysical New Age people. There's a very, very strong Jewish sector here. They have their um, Shabbat here. I was walking down the street and heard them and all their music and, la and their laughter and singing and dancing. So it's very joyous. A lot of Israelites have settled here. It's a very popular destination for people from Israel to come have a vacation here. There's the Mayan people. There's a lot of Americans. There's a lot of Europeans. There's people from all walks of life and all aspects of spirituality are represented here. So if you ever get a chance to visit the mysterious Lake Atitlan, I highly encourage you to do it. You won't be disappointed. And I'm hoping to get pictures up for you soon from my entire journey through Guatemala. I hope that you've had a wonderful week and you continue to have a wonderful week. Well, I hope you enjoyed, uh, <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed this strange episode of the mysteries of Lake Atitlan. Guatemala for my Thoroughback Thursday episode. Like I mentioned before, there are more mysteries that I learned after I had recorded and published that. And I still never even did a show on it. So I'm going to do a show coming up. I don't know when, probably in a couple weeks. I mean, we've talked about Guatemala two days in a row now, so we're probably going to wait <laughs> Uh, but I'm still like, I for the next three weeks for Throwback Thursday, I'm probably going to do, uh, I'm going to publish an interview with Douglas Quinones. And it's an, I, I talked to him for one hour originally. So I'm going to break it up into three separate episodes. So I could always talk about the Ascension Flu symptoms and the Schumann Resonance. Um, you know, and just different things are going on at the world because it's 
it's there's almost like there's so much stuff there's so much thing so many things being reported every single day that I feel like even on Thursdays for throwback Thursday I'm gonna have to still add some little bit of news in you know nothing fake I promise not until next April 1st <laughs> I'm always gonna do an April 1st episode because that was so fun but how weird is it that I'm like picking up on stuff Ugh. Ugh, ugh, it's so weird all right I love you all I wanted to thank you for supporting me and my little podcast and if you ever want to send any information to me or um, you know something for a news story or maybe an idea for an upcoming show or if you have a question or a comment and you don't feel like sending it to anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical, go ahead and email me at metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. Also, that is my PayPal in case you wanted to make a donation, um, you know, outside of the Anchor uh, platform. So I think in advance if you do do that, because I need all the help and support I can get. Anyway, I love each and every one of you with my heart and my soul, and I'm happy we're on this journey together This from this crazy, mysterious world, <laughs> and I should say, and galaxy too, now with the magic mushroom, magic mushrooms or Mars. Oh, I hope they're magical. Oh my God, I hope they're not poisonous. I hope they're magical. I hope they're good ones. <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, that's all I got to say for today. Love you guys. Putting this out early, early because I've been having problems with the internet. So, getting it out soon. So, woohoo for me. Yay. And my number one supporter who listens to this immediately after I record it and send it out. Sorry about last night. We were late again by an hour and it's not happening tonight. You're going to get some good sleep tonight. I promise you. All right. So now (laughs) I am signing off with peace and love and magic mushrooms from Mars (laughs) and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time. Bye. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.